0: Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.
1: SaskEgg Ag Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to SaskEgg Today. Coming up on today's p- program, Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley and Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt have announced details of Saskatchewan's agri-recovery program, now referred to as the 2023 Canada-Saskatchewan Feed Program. We'll have all of those details coming up. Meanwhile, many producers have finally finished their harvest, according to this week's final Saskatchewan Crop Report of the Year. Mackenzie Ladoon will join us on today's program. Bill C-234 is facing more delays. Following a revote by the Senate Ag Committee yesterday, the majority of the committee members voted in favour of at least one major amendment. We'll tell you about that. Meanwhile, legislation has been introduced in Parliament to make it easier for new imported seed, feed and crop protection products to receive regulatory approval in Canada. We'll hear from Nova Scotia Liberal MP Cody Blois, who introduced that motion. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskag Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka. Your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Special.
0: Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather.
1: With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather and Phil, it's sunny to mainly sunny here in the Yorkton area today, but the wind is starting to pick up a bit. Yeah, you
2: know, I was expecting a uh, pretty sharp increase in the wind through the day, but uh, when you talk sharp, it was uh, four kilometers per hour at six, five at seven, then jumped to 21 at eight, and it's been steadily increasing through the morning, and we're going to stay in that uh, likely 35 to 45 range for a few more hours this afternoon, and then drop right back off. It's not going to be quite as drastic of a drop as it was on the increase, more of a gradual, which means it's still a bit bre- into the early evening at least, but uh, as the night goes on, that wind will come down. But a nice day today. Sunshine, it's uh, certainly mild. We're in the mid-teens this afternoon, right around 15 for the high. Overnight tonight, we'll drop back through the single numbers to around 3, that lighter wind helping to... Uh, Promote the cooling. The air is still reasonably dry. Uh, the dew point this afternoon is up into the mid single numbers. It'll come back down a bit as the night goes on. Tomorrow it is a little cooler, and that actually is the, the drop off in the dew point is actually part of a slight general cooling of the atmosphere. Still a dry day tomorrow. Calling it partly sunny, but I may uh, be overstating the cloud cover that rolls in in the afternoon. It may still be mostly sunny most of the afternoon before some cloud cover does begin to move in. 11 degrees to the high. It's uh, slightly cooler, but still above normal and less of a wind you're more of a comfortable day overall. That cloud cover will increase, though, uh, for the later part of the day, likely toward evening and then through the evening especially. We'll get the increase in clouds and a couple of showers, too. Watching this uh, front dropping in, it's going to uh, be pulling away. Uh, one front coming in, a secondary disturbance breaking out or developing ahead of it uh, over eastern parts of Manitoba into western Ontario. And that's going to pull the moisture in. And we're sort of in that transition zone, which is why I've been uh, not overly uh, impressed by the amount of moisture most of us are going to get uh, for areas north and west of York a little more, north and east a little more, and then especially into western Manitoba, uh, and then even more so eastern Manitoba, uh, getting a better chance for some more significant rain showers we will get some showers we will get some measurable showers uh, but they are going to be uh, limited to the uh, later night time and the early part of the day tomorrow much of the day tomorrow is likely dry it's pretty gray uh, but we'll get a break from the early rain showers before they set back up through the night And I mentioned there's a frontal boundary, which is uh, moving its moisture, but it's also being followed by a secondary boundary. That's another chance of showers coming up for Sunday night. That boundary has just as little moisture with it, even less perhaps, but it does have the cool air. That's the actual, we'll say the actual cold front versus the more energetic cold front, which really has no cold air. Love those. Uh, But through the uh, day Sunday, the wind kicks back into the southwest briefly, then turns around sharply into the northwest on Monday. The temperature will tumble Sunday night with those showers coming through. Could even be a couple of flurries mixing in as we drop very close to freezing. We'll be stuck near 2 degrees on Monday. Gray early partly sunny for the afternoon, and then yeah, as another disturbance follows in, it's going to hit that cold air, bring some moisture, potential for some snow. Accumulation potential snow, whether the ground will support the accumulation looks questionable. It's still uh, still warm ground. It's still we uh, don't have uh, that cold of air mass. I think it'll be the type of snow that could accumulate with better ground conditions, but at the very least it will be some snow in the air on Tuesday, uh, the high near zero. That's
1: Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at 11 degrees. Swan River, 16. Dauphin, 18. Brandon, 17. Shoal Lake-Russell, 15. Roblin, 14. Regina, Broadview-Mooseman and Winyard-Wadena-Kelvington are all reporting in at 12. Saskatoon and Hudson Bay, 14. Indian Head, 13. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a west-northwest wind at 32 gusting to 46 kilometers an hour. 59% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 14 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of 21 degrees and dropped to a low of 2 degrees. There was no precipitation recorded in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is 8 degrees. The normal low is minus 3 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 7.22 this morning, and it will set at 5.47 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday... The Manitoba hotspot was Melita at 21 degrees, the cold spot Kelsey Dam at minus 5 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Maple Creek at 24 degrees, the cold spot was North Battleford at minus 1 degree. Welcome back to Saskag today. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley and Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt have announced details of Saskatchewan's Agri Recovery Program, now referred to as the 2023 Canada Saskatchewan Feed Program. Starting next week, producers can begin to submit applications to the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation, otherwise known as SCIC. This program covers 70% of extraordinary costs related to feed and freight incurred after May 1st of this year through to the application deadline of March 1st, 2024. Program funding will provide eligible producers an initial payment up to $150 per head to help maintain the breeding herd in the drought regions. Based on available funding, additional payments will be issued to program participants Eligibility is area-specific, guided by the Canadian Drought Monitor. Producers will need to submit their receipts or appropriate documents for the extraordinary expenses. Eligible extraordinary expenses include purchased feed, self-hauling or transportation costs for feed or breeding animals, and or land rented for additional grazing acres or additional feed production. Eligible animal species include beef cattle and other grazing animals, limited to bison, elk, deer, sheep, goats and horses. This program is designed to help retain breeding stock. Breeding animals include females and females of the reproductive age of the species. A Saskatchewan premises identification is required to be eligible for the program Online application forms will be available at scic.ca. This application process assists producers to determine if they have extraordinary expenses on their operation, including an extraordinary cost assessment. The submitted application needs to indicate the number of breeding animals on hand as of August 21st of this year, intended to be kept until January 31st of next year. Back on August 18th, Saskatchewan's Ministry of Agriculture announced the province has already committed up to $70 million to assist impacted producers. Federal cost share funding for Saskatchewan's Ag Recovery Program is up to $77 million. This announcement is part of a larger disaster response, totaling $365 million in federal provincial cost shared funding under the Agri Recovery Framework to help farmers and ranchers in British Columbia, Alberta, and Saskatchewan with extraordinary costs due to this year's extreme weather conditions. Producers already have access to a comprehensive suite of business risk management programs that are the first line of defense for producers facing disasters, including AgriStability, AgriInsurance, and AgriInvest. With joint funding from the federal government and provinces, these business risk management programs provide protection against different types of income and production losses. The federal government also announced an initial list of designated regions in British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, where livestock tax deferral has been authorized for 2023 due to extreme weather conditions. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. GX94, Ag Review. Reductions to global corn production for 2023-24 resulted in the International Grains Council cutting some of its numbers in its monthly supply and demand report issued yesterday. The London-based IGC reduced its forecast for world corn output from its September call of approximately 1.22 billion metric tons to 1.219 billion. That resulted in 2023-24 world grain production being lowered from 2.295 billion metric tons to 2.292 billion, but with ending stocks falling from 587.7 million to 581.8 million. The IGC kept its carryout for world wheat at 262.6 million metric tons, despite bumping up its 2023-24 production estimate, from 783.5 million metric tons in September to 784.9 million. As for 2023-24 soybeans, the IGC cut world production from 396 million metric tons to 393.5 million, but tacked on 100,000 metric tons to the carryover, bringing it to 61.7 million. A section of wetlands and grasslands in southern Manitoba will remain free from development. The Nature Conservancy of Canada has secured two new conservation areas near the community of Melitta. The Jackson Pipestone Prairie and Wetlands Project features about five square kilometers of native prairie and wetlands. The Gervin family previously owned the land, which is home to several at-risk species, such as the endangered burrowing owl. Low water levels on the Lower Mississippi River are likely to persist through at least January despite expected above-normal precipitation across the southern U.S. this winter. That's according to forecasters with the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. The severe to exceptional drought choking the Lower Mississippi River Valley is expected to improve this winter as the El Nino weather pattern brings better rains to the region. But lingering drought in the upper Midwest and forecasts for normal to below normal precipitation across basins that supply tributaries, such as the Illinois and Ohio rivers, could slow the Mississippi River's recovery. Low water has slowed export-bound barge shipments of grain from the Midwest farm belt for a second straight year during the busy fall harvest season, making U.S. exports of corn and soybeans less competitive in the world market. Brazilian soybean farmers in top-growing state Mato Grosso worry that scarce rains and high temperatures will lead to replanting of some areas while lowering yields in others. The unusual heat and dryness has been linked to the El Niño weather pattern, which is also causing a severe drought that is draining Amazonian rivers and disrupting grain shipments in the north of Brazil. In the south of the country, El Niño has slowed soy planting as excess rains make farmers in third-biggest producer Rio Grande do Sul afraid to start sowing. Extreme weather conditions could increase costs for farmers who have to replant their soy and could cause sowing of Brazil's second corn and cotton to miss the ideal climate window in the center-west. So far, however, the government and analysts still believe Brazil will reap a record soy crop between 162 and 164 million metric tons in 2023-24. French foie gras output is set to rise for the first time in five years in 2023, as France starts vaccinating ducks against bird flu that has destroyed flocks in recent years. But trade bans that followed will weigh on exports. France has been among the countries worst affected by an unprecedented global spread of highly pathogenic avian influenza that has disrupted supply of poultry and eggs and sent prices rocketing in many parts of the world in the past years. To fight the spread of the disease, it started vaccinating 64 million ducks early this month, making it the first poultry exporter to do so, and raising hope among foie gras producers that it would put an end to the crisis producer group scifog forecast Foie Gras output will rise 20% in 2023 to 9,855 metric tons after a drop of 35% in 2022, but still 26% below the average of the five previous years and half the volume produced 10 years earlier. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Livestock market conditions. And the livestock market conditions are a presentation of Heartland Livestock in Verdon. US Live Cattle Futures for December closed at 18462 today. That's down sixty-seven. February live cattle closed at one hundred eighty seven seventy-two, down one twenty-two. November feeder cattle closed at 242.22, down 227. January feeder cattle closed at 243.05, down 232. December lean hogs closed at 66 even, down two full cents. February lean hogs closed at 70.42, down 190. And that's the livestock market conditions. While many producers have finally finished their harvest, according to this week's final Saskatchewan Crop Report of the Year, Mackenzie Ladoon is a Crops Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture.
3: Yeah, harvest is virtually complete in Saskatchewan, with 98% of this year's crop in the bin so far. Producers were really resilient this growing season. We saw that those warm, dry conditions led to an early harvest for many, and there were some concerns related to both water quality and feed access for livestock. Once harvest began, producers in some areas were pleased to see yields were better than they expected. In many cases, harvest progressed quite smoothly with little interruption. Now that harvest is completed, though, producers are hoping for rain to replenish soil moisture to give hopes for next year.
1: However, the east-central region of Saskatchewan sits at 94% complete due to consistent moisture over the past week. As for crop yields...
3: Crop yields really varied across the province. This all depended on where you received moisture and if you were lucky enough to receive that moisture. Yields in the southwest and west central regions are below average due to that sustained dry conditions that we saw this year. Some reported yields were better than expected, but overall the majority of crops yielded below the 10-year average. Winter wheat, hard red spring wheat were the only crops above that 10-year average. The largest impact on yields this year was by far drought, heat stress, gophers and grasshoppers. When you look at yields specifically, what we're seeing is that average yields in the province are being estimated for all of our crops this week. And hard red spring wheat is estimated to be yielding 43 bushels per acre. Durum is 24 bushels per acre. Oats are 82 bushels per acre. Barley is 56 bushels per acre. And fall rye is 36 bushels per acre. Flax is estimated to be yielding 18 bushels per acre. Canola is 33 bushels per acre. And soybeans 17 bushels per acre. Fuel peas are estimating to be 31 bushels per acre. Mustard is estimated to be yielding 636 pounds provincially. and Lentils are 1,101 pounds per acre. Canary seed is 982 pounds per acre, and chickpeas are 858 pounds per acre. All crops are estimated to be above the 10-year average for quality and to be in the top two categories for all quality for all crops.
1: Ladoon then goes into the latest seeding intentions.
3: Provincially seeded acreage for fall cereals is expected to be relatively unchanged, with a slight reduction of 1% for both fall rye and winter wheat provincially. When we look at things on a more regional scale, we see that the southwest is expected to increase fall rye by 15% and winter wheat by 7%. The west central is also expected to increase fall cereal acres, with winter wheat expected to increase 14%, and fall rye is estimated to be increasing by 3%.
1: She then provides the latest soil moisture conditions.
3: The fall rains and heavy wet snow are needed around the province as soil moisture continues to decline throughout the fall and into the winter. Provincially, what we're sitting at as we close out this year's growing season is cropland topsoil moisture is 31% adequate, 44% short, and 25% very short. Hay and pastures are 27% adequate for moisture, 43% are short, and 29% are very short.
1: Ladoon adds livestock producers seem to have their winter feed supplies under control.
3: Actually, while producers were concerned about the winter feed supplies earlier in the growing season, many have been able to secure enough feed f- from other parts of the province or neighboring provinces and now have adequate feed supply. We also looked at hay yields this week as it's the final report, and we saw that alfalfa yields are yielding 1.22 tons per acre. Brome alfalfa mixes are yielding one point one nine tons per acre and green feed is one point six nine tons per acre. On irrigated lands, of course, those yields are higher with alfalfa yielding two point eight tons per acre and brome alfalfa yielding two point one two tons per acre. Silage yields are provincially estimated to be seven tons per acre. Producers are reporting that hay and feed have been able that they've been able to source are of good quality.
1: She then tells us what producers are busy doing this week.
3: The so while harvest is over for many, fall work is still underway for producers, and the work is not quite done yet. Where there is enough moisture, producers are applying fall fertilizer for next year and harrowing harvested crops. Livestock producers are hauling water for animals to ensure they have a safe water source, hauling feed and bringing cattle home for the winter. Fall calving is occurring on some operations as well. Producers applying for next year already are also hoping that soil moisture improves to start next year's growing season off on the right foot.
1: And Ladoon wants to thank this year's crop reporters for their valuable work.
3: The Saskatchewan Crop Report is generated from, based off of data from a group of just over 200 volunteer crop reports across the province. We really value their dedication and the information that they provide. If there's any listeners out there that want to be a crop reporter, they're welcome to do so. And all they need to do is phone the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377.
1: Mackenzie Ladoon compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Please stay tuned your commodities update will be coming up right after these messages. Commodities update. Canola futures closed mixed in the nearby months today. November canola closed at 694.40 up $2.20. January canola closed at 70440 down 80 cents. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 730 and 3 quarters down 8 and a quarter cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 670 per bushel down 6 and a quarter cents. December Chicago wheat closed at 586 per bushel down 8 cents. December corn closed at 4.95 and a half, down nine and a half cents. November soybeans closed at 13.02 and a quarter, down 13 and a quarter cents. December oats closed at 3.82 and a half, that's up seven and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Well, Bill C-234 is facing more delays following a vote by the Senate Ag Committee yesterday, the majority of committee members, by a margin of seven to six, voted in favor of at least one major amendment to carve out an exemption from the carbon tax when it comes to drying grain, but not for heating or cooling barns. That amendment was introduced by Quebec Senator Pierre Delfond.
4: Alternatives or efficiencies in barn heating or cooling include better insulation, in-floor heating, geothermal heat pumps, air source heat pumps, energy efficient ventilation fans, biomass heating, lead lightning, more natural lighting and light colored, heat reflective paints, etc. We are familiar with some of these options from home and other buildings located in Canada. Many Canadians and businesses are investing in such ways to reduce emissions as incentivized by the carbon pricing policy. The sponsor of the bill, MP Lob, said, and I quote: if you look at the heating of barns, it is moving lockstep with the innovations that are heating at home, heating a home. A commercial building or in de- an industrial building, because it only makes financial sense. End of quote. This amendment will maintain the financial incentive to reduce emissions from raising livestock in barns by investing in alternative or efficient barn heating or cooling, an option available right now.
1: That amendment set off a furious debate among liberal and Tory senators on the committee including this attack by Tory Senator Donald Plett. I've grown up in a farming community. I know what the farmers are experiencing. I know that by these frivolous ways of stalling this bill... Uh, on behalf of whoever has ordered them or instructed them to do that because we all know that that has been the case. So if, if Senator Wu and Senator Delphine just simply want to to, to to filibuster and play around with this so that this doesn't get done, fine, we can do that, I will do that as well. And if they want to grow up and start acting like gentlemen, and debate the merits of the bill as opposed to debating their love or lack of that for Don Plett, then Chair, I'm willing to do that. The final Senator on the committee to cast a vote, either yea or nay for the amendment, was Edmonton's Paula Simons. In her comments before the vote, she outlined that she was struggling on the amendment to leave out barn uh, barn heating from the exemption.
3: I mean, the logic of Senator Dalphon's amendment is inassailable on its face. On the other hand, I really do worry that it puts farmers who farm in some of the most, you know, unforgiving climates in a very invidious position because they're working with a model that was never designed with their needs in mind.
1: But when the vote on the amendment was taken a few minutes later,
3: The Honourable Senator Simons. Yes.
1: A second amendment to lower the length of the Sunset Clause on the bill from eight years to three was defeated by a tie vote of 7-7. A tie means that the vote is defeated. Farm Bulletin Board. If you're looking for something different and fun to do on a Thursday night, the Saskatchewan Science Centre in Regina has you covered. Chief Operating Officer Ryan Holoda says next Thursday, October 26th, is an adult science night called Agtoberfest.
0: So an adult science night is the science centre in the evening, but only for adults. So you have to be 19 plus to come. Um, you get to explore the exhibit floor, the same as you would on any visit to the science centre. But we also have specialized activities that are intended more for an adult audience. And then we also have a bar available on the
1: exhibit floor for those that would like to enjoy that. He outlines the agricultural angle to the event.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, you know, um, we do uh, October is often sort of an agriculture themed month for us. Uh, at the Saskatchewan Science Centre, but this year we're also um, opening a new permanent exhibit at the Saskatchewan Science Centre. Uh, it's called Richardson Agroland. So this is an exhibit that has been completely redone from top to bottom over the past couple of years. And as we near the completion of that, we want to celebrate that. But also, of course, we live in Saskatchewan. Agriculture is a very, very important part of our province. And learning about the science behind agriculture is uh, a great way to tell some really good Saskatchewan stories especially
1: those related to science and technology. Haloda says there will be plenty of interactive activities to see and do.
0: Absolutely. So we we really do uh, a lot of more advanced activities. So some of the things that you're going to be able to do um, at Fest is uh, we're going to learn about fertilizer management with uh, Richardson. Uh, there's going to be a trivia night uh, hosted by Mystery Mansion. Uh, we're going to learn how to make butter. There's going to be uh, a unique science center twist on barrel racing. Um, and you're going to make some paint, some grain, plant-based paint products. Uh, and we're even going to learn about hops and grains with Rebellion Brewing.
1: He says adult science nights aren't new for them.
0: Yeah, we've been doing adult science nights here, uh, for, oh, I don't know, more than 10 years. We tend to have somewhere between three and 10 of them a year, depending on the year. But we have, uh, we've had four adult or we have four adult science nights scheduled for this year. And, uh, Eggtoberfest is, uh, is the next one that's coming up just, just next week. So we're very excited to have people out for it. Lotus says it's easy to get tickets. You absolutely can buy tickets at the door, uh, though we do recommend that people buy uh, their tickets on our website, which is uh, www.sassciencecenter.com. Uh, it just makes the process much easier for you if you've already got your tickets on your phone when,
1: when you arrive and uh, helps us track the numbers a little bit better as well. He then tells us why it's important to have an event like Agtoberfest. Well, one
0: of the unique things about the Saskatchewan Science Centre is that we like to view things through the lens of the province that we live in. And, of course, agriculture is a really important part of Saskatchewan. Um, and also, you know, engaging these adult audiences is also really important for us. We're, we're not just an institution for kids. Of course, we have the Kramer IMAX Theatre that provides, um, you know, feature-length movies and interesting documentaries. But a lot of the things that we have in the Saskatchewan Science Center are are of great interest to adults as well. We do talks, we do um, adult science nights, um, and we have other events that happen throughout the year to engage
1: people of all ages. And Halota had these final comments.
0: Um, I think, you know, Eggtoberfest is going to be a great night. Our team has been putting uh, a lot of work into it. And I think that uh, the people that come are going to be really impressed and they're going to have a lot of fun and have some great stories to tell. And they're also going to learn a lot about Saskatchewan agriculture. So I can't wait to see you all there.
1: Again, to buy tickets, you can go online to sasksciencecenter.com. And of course, clean farms will collect unwanted agricultural pesticides as well as old, obsolete livestock and equine medications next week. The nonprofit organization, funded by crop protection companies, provides the free service on a rotating basis across the country. This time it is southern Saskatchewan's turn. Twenty collection events are being held at various local ag retailers. That includes Monday at the Cargill in Raymore. Tuesday at Nutrient Ag Solutions in Balgonie, Wednesday at Synergy Ag in Balcaris, Thursday at Richardson Pioneer in Grenfell, and Friday at the Parish and Heimbecker in, in Musiman. And that's the Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes... Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly sunny, winds northwest at 25 to 45 but gusting higher at times, a high of 15 degrees. For tonight, partly cloudy, winds northwest at 15 to 30 and diminishing, a low of 3. For tomorrow, partly sunny, winds northwest at 15 to 25, a high of 11, an overnight low of 5. For Sunday, mainly cloudy, with a 30% chance of spotty showers, winds south-southwest at 10 to 20, and a high of 12. For Monday, a 30% chance of early sprinkles or flurries, then partly sunny, a high of plus 2, for Tuesday, a 60% chance of light snow and a high of zero. In the Paw, it's 11 degrees, Swan River 16, Dauphin 18, Brandon 17, Show Lake Russell 15, Roblin 14. Regina, Broadview Moosman, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington all reporting in at 12, Saskatoon and Hudson Bay 14, Indian Head thirteen The Orkton Melville region has a mainly sunny sky, a west northwest wind at thirty two gusting to forty six kilometers an hour. Fifty nine percent is the relative humidity. The temperature is fourteen degrees. That's your agriculture weather and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again on Monday at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskeg Today has been brought to you by Future
0: Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.